0: We are called to live faithfully for Jesus, 168 hours a week. Welcome to the Faith 168 Podcast with Brandon, Chris, and Rob.
1: Welcome to the Faith 168 Podcast. We are so thankful you have tuned in and that you're still hanging with us in the year 2024. My name is Brandon. I'm one of the co-hosts of this podcast, and I'm here with Brother Chris. How are you doing, Chris?
0: I am doing well. It's good to be here and recording another episode, and I'm glad I could record this with you. I'm really glad that Rob, are you there? Rob,
1: hello. Where are you?
0: Rob. Oh, he's sick. I forgot. He's sick.
1: Oh, yeah. Dang.
0: Yeah, that's the Well, fizzle. No. <laughs> no.
1: That was bound to happen. We had a couple of good episodes. Where we were all three there, but anyway, remember to pray for Brother Rob. He's, he's, uh, he's ill right now, so. Uh, but we got us, and uh, we're excited to study the word with you guys as you tune in, and uh, you'll never believe it. We're going to be in the book of Revelation again. Um, Very last. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Big surprises this year. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We're going to be looking at Revelation chapter three for this episode, looking at verses seven through 13, if we get that far, uh, looking at what I would call and Chris, you might have a different title for this, but I would call this church the faithful church. Mm-hmm. it's the yeah. church of philadelphia not philadelphia pennsylvania but philadelphia oh, this is of, in america <laughs> yeah i know right yeah philadelphia america man that's where uh scranton is that's one of our favorite yeah. cities you know
0: <laughs> some listeners will understand that um, I'm, I'm wearing a dunder mifflin uh paper company hat right now so
1: yeah scranton pa man That's yeah. that's where everything's happening so um, but, yeah, we're looking at the, the Faithful Church of Philadelphia. And I got to say, this is an interesting passage because, you know, a lot of these letters that Jesus issued to these seven churches have addressed like a lot of problems, a lot of issues they had going on. And, hey, we come up for air in this passage mm-hmm. because Jesus is talking to a church that is faithful, that seems to have everything in order. Not a perfect church, by any means. There is no perfect church. And if we think we find one, it's going to be imperfect the moment we join it. But with this church, Jesus just has good things to say. And, man, what an example to follow. So uh, why don't we just jump in here. Uh, Chris, do you want to read that opening verse?
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's read verse 7. And it says, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, the words of the Holy One, the True One, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one opens. Hmm. There you go. I read it. Yeah. <laughs> <You're doing laughs> part. yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, let's let's chat about this verse a little bit. Um, obviously, what we have here is another "Here I am" from Jesus. You know, in one mm-hmm. of his self introductions and the phrases and symbolism yeah. here and, and terms are all borrowed from the vision of Christ in revelation one. Mm-hmm. But what do you think all this is about? I mean, this, this has got a, an old Testament ring to it, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. Well, actually, if you go to Isaiah twenty two twenty two, 22, 22 you, you hear something similar to this. It says the key of the house of David, I will lay on his shoulder. So he shall open and no one shall shut and he shall shut and no one shall open. And so Jesus, as he's written these letters through John to these seven churches, he's always revealed himself uh, as the Messiah and the one with the authority. And, you know, the best way to do that is by quoting his holy word to them. You know, I am that one. I am the one with authority. I am of the lineage of the house of David. I have the one who has been given this kingdom, this everlasting kingdom. And, you know, if I open something, no one can shut it. And if I shut something, no one can open it. I'm that powerful. And so this is my signature right here uh, to you.
1: Yeah, pretty powerful stuff there. And, And like you were saying, I think that's the general takeaway without digging too far into Old Testament prophecy, you know, Mm -hmm. that, you know, Jesus is simply saying, you know, I hold the keys to the kingdom of God, uh, the Davidic kingdom, the the true spiritual kingdom. And I have the authority, Christ is saying, to open and close its doors. And the open and closed doors uh, phrase here, that's going to come into play a little bit later on as Jesus continues to address this church. And he actually encourages them with with this very truth about opening doors and shutting them in the very next verse. But there's a few other things to note there, though. Um, He not only says he has the key of David, but he refers to himself as the holy and true one. Mm -hmm. So what do you think that's about? You think that maybe has an Old Testament ring to it as well?
0: Yeah, well, I mean... That, that's a common theme throughout the Old Testament is God reveals himself uh, to his people. He's holy, he's good, as he refers to the Messiah in prophecy. Uh, you know, we we know that uh, the Messiah is righteous, the Messiah is holy. Uh, so, I mean, I don't have any specific verses written down in my notes on that part per se but uh i mean yeah uh, all all old testament prophecy points to jesus really exactly so.
1: yeah yeah and uh uh one of the ways that god is addressed in the old testament is as the holy one and mm-hmm. the lord god refers to himself as the holy one in the old testament very often right uh you know like isaiah 4025 Here's one for your notes, by the way. There you go. Uh, yeah. The prophet, uh, the Lord says through the prophet, "To whom then will you compare me that I should be like him?" Talking about false gods, mm-hmm. and it says, "Says the Holy One." Uh, another famous instance is Ezekiel thirty-nine seven. The Lord says, "My holy name I will make known in the midst of my people Israel, and I will not let my holy name be profaned anymore, and the nations shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One in Israel." And so taking that into consideration, this is quite a demonstration of the deity of Christ, the fact that he is God, because Christ is saying, you know what? The Holy One you read about in the Old Testament, in Isaiah and Ezekiel, guess what? That's me. I am the Lord. I am the Lord God, the God man. So so he comes off pretty strong here to this Philadelphian congregation, but not in a bad way, you know. Like, these are really Mm. encouraging descriptions, right? Right. I mean, some of the other ones were not. It's kind of like, I'm Christ with a flaming sword. Yeah. Or I'm Christ who has eyes like a flame of fire and feet like burnished bronze, you know.
0: Yeah, and all those (laughs) descriptions of him would have been fun (laughs) had it been, I'm Christ with the flaming sword and I'm going to vanquish your enemies with it. Because every every time we see that, yeah. his, his opener really has something to do with how he's going to deal with the church there. Exactly. And uh, yeah. so, you know, it's really cool when it's because things are going good. I'm going to help you out. But it's not so cool when it's, hey, y'all need to, y'all really need to get things together here because I'm about to bring this flaming sword against y'all. Uh, but as you see, as as we read on when, when we get to that point, you know, this is, this is very encouraging the more we hear yeah. about it. So.
1: Yeah, so no flaming sword here, just good yeah. stuff. And And can I say, I think the first general point Jesus is making to this church, and maybe I'm reading too much into this, but I think he's saying, look, if you're going to continue to be faithful, the starting point for you is you need to know who I am. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are these are statements of his identity. And I think that's the first thing he's conveying to these faithful believers is like, "Hey, just remember me. Remember who I yeah. am. Focus on me if you want to be faithful." Yeah.
0: Now, oh, go ahead. Well, I, I think another two thing too on that that point is is another encouraging thing that if you're going to follow him and, and focus on him. Uh, he's going to open up doors for you and, and no one's going to right. be able to shut them. And, and uh, you know, if you don't follow him, you know, the warning is still there that, you know, he, he can shut a door and it's not going to be opened by anybody else. So,
1: yeah, and that's a good segue into the commendation that continues here, uh, which we see in verses 8 through 10, if you're ready to... Take a look at that. Um, Yeah, Jesus says, I know your works. And typically, (laughs) you know, when he said that to these other churches, that's not a good thing. Oh, snap. I know know what you've been up to, you know. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I know your works. And listen to this. Jesus says, behold, I have set before you an open door, which no one is able to shut. Seems like we've heard that before. Mm -hmm. I know that you have but little power, and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Behold, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie. Behold, I will make them come and bow down before your feet, and they will learn that I have loved you. Because you have kept my word about patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. So a lot to take in there, a lot to unpack, a lot of promises mainly. Mm -hmm. Uh, what do you think he's getting at here? What's all this stuff about, about the open door and the synagogue of Satan
0: and some of these, some of these things. What do you think, Chris? I think again, to reiterate what I just said was, you know, that when Christ opens the door, no one's going to be able to shut it. And because they are following Jesus, where a lot of these churches are seeing doors shut, Mm-hmm. he's saying to them, you're going to see a door that's open. I'm going yeah. to guide you. I'm going to, to, uh, take care of you. And he, 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 even brings up, you know, that, that they really need his, his provision because, yeah. uh, you have a little strength. There's not a lot of strength. There's a a little strength. So through all of the chaos of the world that's going on around them at this time, when a lot of people are breaking, they're still continuing on. And and he's going to give them the strength that they need to continue on as well. Uh, but man, when it says, uh, when he's talking about the, the those of the synagogue of Satan. Yeah. <laughs> Very <laughs> nice description. Yeah. You know? Well, I'll make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I'll make them come and worship or bow down before your feet and so that they know that I have loved you. That That's mm. strong right there because yeah. first and foremost, who are Jews supposed to follow? Uh, they're supposed to follow the living God. And if they were truly following the living God, that would lead them to Christ as well. Yeah, and they'd be true uh, Jews. And they'd yeah. be true Jews at that point. But he's he's calling people that are worshiping the living God a synagogue of Satan, meaning there are going to be people, I, I think if we looked at this in today's time as well, that there are going to be people that proclaim to follow God
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: that are really a synagogue of Satan. And we have to be weary about that we have to keep our eyes open about that and and who knows that might have been one of the struggles that they had to face were other churches that weren't uh you know synagogues of God and and following Christ but they were synagogues of Satan while they were yeah, sitting there right. re, reciting verses to each other they were really serving Satan rather than serving God and and that happens quite often and uh, he says that they're going to come and they're going to bow down before them, and know that this church, that Philadelphia, was the church that is loved, uh, and and we see uh, mention of of uh, these people claiming to to be Jews but uh, are not in in Revelation uh, Revelation two nine. Uh, I know your works, tribulation and poverty, but you are rich. I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. This isn't the first time that Jesus has has brought this up. Uh, But overall, there's, this is a big thing to look at. Like how, how far do we go into it? Literally, how far do we go into it Mm. spiritually? Uh, What's the meaning that Jesus is trying to, get across here uh is it literally people that say they are jews and are not uh you know is it gentiles that are trying to follow the law and say hey i'm a jew and i'm good and whatnot or um, is it people spiritually that though they're they're ethnically jews they're not mm-hmm. spiritual jews right and, right and I, I think i'd go more with the spiritual understanding on yeah, that. yeah i would do and that there are people that are called to walk in the will and the ways of God that are not. And they're going to see the blessings of God bestowed on Philadelphia. And they're going to have to to see that they're not getting blessed and say, what's the difference? What's the difference between us? And And I think that's a big thing to take in. As Christians, because if if you're not receiving the blessings of God, and let me tell you, the blessings of God isn't necessarily extreme wealth and the best health and all of these other things, but oh, it's man. joy, peace, and unity, things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, if, right. If you as an individual, you're not receiving those blessings, but others are, or if you as a church, you're not receiving those blessings, but others are, you, you've got to come to this point. what What's different between us and them? Mm-hmm. And you got to look internally. At that point and ask yourself, are you the temple of God or are you the temple of Satan? And yeah, because the people that are serving Satan while saying they're serving God, they're going to have to bow down before the ones that are truly serving God and see that they are loved. So. I don't yeah. know. Am, am I on something there? I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think so. Um, yeah, because, and, and it's something we have to reckon with on this being being a true Jew or a true Israelite, because that, that mm-hmm. really does seem like odd language, you know? Right. Because, I mean, we know from the book of Acts and just common language that we refer to ourselves as Christians or believers, mm-hmm. but the New Testament refers to believers as true Israelites, Right. And I remember when that kind of hit me, when I was reading Romans 9. Uh, Romans 9, Paul says in verse 6, For not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel, mm-hmm. and not all are children of Abraham because they're his offspring. And I thought, yeah, they are. <laughs> if, you, yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you come from Israel, you belong to Israel. If you're a children, a child of Abraham, you're his offspring. But right. there's a big distinction here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul was saying, you know, just because you have Israelite blood doesn't mean you're a true Israelite. It doesn't mean you really belong to the true community of the faithful, God's true people. And right. you may be, be able to trace your lineage back to Abraham, just like the Pharisees. But mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean you're in his spiritual lineage. And yeah. so that's kind of the idea, I think, here with Jesus talking about, those who say they're Jews but are not, and something else to notice from the context is, you know, it kind of seems like these these false professors were persecuting this church, perhaps, because if you if you look at his words of commendation here, he talks about them uh, enduring patiently in mm-hmm. verse ten and not denying my name in verse eight. Mm -hmm. And I would think that implies that they were given an opportunity to deny the name of Christ, and they didn't. And they were given an opportunity for their patience to be tested, and it proved true. And Mm -hmm. so looking at those two things together, it's like, well, that opportunity was probably persecution. Mm -hmm. Probably brutal persecution, kind of like you were talking about earlier, where the synagogue of Satan was mentioned
0: before. Yeah. so. Well, and and we see, too, that this faithful church, they were preserved. They were saved from a trial, a time of suffering uh, that was going to come upon the rest of the world. Uh, Yeah. And, and, you know, think about what was going on in this time. The persecution of Christians was, was a pretty big thing going around, there were a lot of laws that were being made that that uh, were oppressing the Christians at that time, and because of that, a lot of people, you know, were saying, well, I'm not going to be a Christian anymore, and which means that if you believe what John wrote then, that they went out from us, but they were never a part of us. They weren't truly right. Jews. You know, they were... <laughs> They were posers of the time, but when times got tough, they ran away. Uh, And then some people, they persevere through trials, not because they truly believe, but because they're truly stubborn and they like to be the victim of something. (laughs) But overall, we see this going on right here that they're going to be taken care of during this time. I don't know exactly how we don't get a huge history about what's going to happen Mm -hmm. And how they're going to be preserved through this. But I do trust in God's word because time and time again, when we see throughout history that God said, I'm going to preserve you, he did. He took care of them. He made sure that, that Israel was taken care of when he said, I'm going to help you out. He made sure other individuals were taken care of when he said, I'm going to help you out. And because of their faithfulness, out of all of the churches that we've read about so far, he says, I'm not going to come to you quickly and take away your lampstand. He says, Mm -hmm. I'm going to preserve you. I'm going to keep you going. You're actually doing what you need to do. And that's how we need to live our lives as Christians. Do what God has called us to do. And that's where you find perseverance. That's where he will uphold you and keep you going.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, You know, I think there's one other thing to mention that we may have glossed over, and that's where um, Jesus says that they had little power, Mm -hmm. but still they've kept his word and have not denied his name. So, you know, isn't it funny? I mean, it's like this, to the Lord, this church is a big deal, right? They are faithful. They've been enduring patiently. And here he says, but at the same time, you don't have a lot of influence, Or maybe Mm -hmm. you don't have a big budget or a big membership, you know, you Mm -hmm. just have little power, but Hey, you know, we know that none of that really matters to the Lord. As long as you're faithful, he doesn't care about, you know, the size of your, your church or, uh, how much you give. I think truly the Lord values quality over quantity, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, it's just, and I think that's a big lesson in scripture. I mean, Israel was a small nation and God Mm -hmm. worked through them. Christ multiplied the fish and loaves with a sack Mm -hmm. lunch, you know, um, he changed the world through, uh, 11 disciples, um, Mm -hmm. and you know, saved thousands of people through one sermon that Peter preached at Pentecost. So,
0: I mean, God is pretty, pretty big on doing a lot with a little, right? Right. Yeah. And it's through our weakness that God's strength is revealed. And so he receives more glory in in a smaller church with not a big, great reputation, maybe not necessarily near as financially set as some of the other churches. But we know that he says he's going to preserve them. So they continue on. And a lot of the other churches don't continue on because of their transgressions. Uh, and then how, how did they keep going? How, how did they stay standing when everyone else falls? Well, it's because of the grace and the mercy of God yeah. and their faithfulness. And we can do that too. There's a lot of small churches. If you're a member of a, of a church and you look around and, and there's a lot of empty spaces in your pews, it can be disheartening sometimes. Uh, And and you think, well, what should I do? I should just give up or maybe even say, well, I'm going to go to a bigger church. But I, I tell you this, don't do that. Stay there, be faithful and follow God's will, because even in those small country rural churches, God can make big things happening and he receives all the glory for that. And he might be using you to help out in that area. So uh, that's that's a a thing to encourage you wherever you're at. You don't have to have a worship band. I know that it's nice to have a worship band. You don't have to have a thousand people there. You might have five people going to church on a Sunday Mm -hmm. where you're at. But go ahead and keep going and praise God for the five that are there, even if it means you're one of those five. Praise him and continue on. And if you're faithful, he's not going to let that fall. Yeah, that's right, man. And, and isn't
1: that a beautiful, the way the Lord has designed it? I mean, I, I bring up this subject quite a bit because it comes up quite a bit in my sermons. Mm-hmm. And it always amazes me that it seems like God has designed it this way, to, to do a lot with a little, so mm-hmm. that he gets all the glory and we get all the humility. Right. You know, it's like, if we have little resources and God does great things through us, then there's no way we can take credit for it because there's no way our resources or strength or skills were responsible. Yeah. And not only do we get humbled through that, but we can only lift our hands up and praise and say, it was all the Lord
0: and yeah. none of me. So, yeah, well, and you know, we're, I'm a, I'm a pastor of a small rural country church. As am I. <laughs> and, and you know, it can be disheartening sometimes to, to see that. The, to see all the pews are, are mostly empty and have a couple people, you know, scattered throughout them and, and whatnot. But I live in a town of a population of 200 people. It's a very small area. And where I'm humbled on this is uh, I was talking to Brother Brandon about our youth group. We run youth group on Tuesdays. We don't have a huge school out here. It's a kindergarten through 12th grade school. But where people look at this area and say there's nothing good that could really be going on. Man, this Mm -hmm. past Tuesday, I was worn out because we did our youth group. But I had to go pick up and drop off 22 youth you would never think yeah, that you would see Lord, something man. like that out here and, it, and it's not anything that anyone has done specifically it's not you know that they think I'm cool no they they joke about me quite often uh being born in the late 1900s so <laughs> man you got a low gen z yeah but yeah. Turn <laughs> and, in dust right now man <laughs> and It's just because there were people that have been faithful through the years here at this church, that God has continued this church. And this, the church I pastor is actually the oldest church, the oldest active church in Illinois. It's over 200 years old. And it's still continuing on and where people think that there should be nothing when they say, well, do you have a youth group? Like yeah, we we run about twenty two to twenty five normally on a Tuesday, and they're like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah, God is good," yeah. and, and so it, it gets disheartening sometimes. But then you're humbled, you know, by by some of those experiences as he he lifts you up. Because I look at those kids, and let me tell you, as as they're faithful and they attend, I can tell you in the next ten years you know, that that's going to be huge growth in the church community. They're going to be leading in this church and other churches around the area as they grow up. And and I can see how God is blessing this small town and how he's going to bless the churches that are faithful here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What a testimony. And there are so many testimonies like that found throughout the word of God. Um but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, do we maybe want to cover the rest of this real quick? or
0: Yeah, i say let's go ahead and do it.
1: All right, cool, sweet. Uh, you want to read the last couple of verses then?
0: Yeah. Jesus says, I am coming soon. Hold fast what you have so that no one may seize your crown. The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never shall he go out of it. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from my God out of heaven and my own new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. Boy, oh
1: boy, more <laughs> deep prayer, you know. Um, yeah. So we have some counsel from the Lord here, right? He right. says, uh, hey, I am coming soon which is something he said to some other churches before he says, hold fast what you have. So no one can seize your crown. What, what do you think that command is all about, Chris?
0: Yeah, that's, uh, that's an interesting one. Uh, and I don't, I have a couple ideas when, (laughs) when we look at that, but I'll, I'll share, uh, I guess one that that makes sense to me and you, you correct me if I'm wrong or if I'm, I'm going off beat here, but I mean, we're, we're children of the King, right? Yeah. And nothing, nothing can change that. And I've, I've heard people like talk about this being in a a way of, you know, someone can take your crown, someone can take your righteousness, someone can take your title, you know, whatever. Uh, I've heard a, a million different things on this, but there's a lot of trials and tribulations going on around this church right now, and it can be disheartening. And, and I see this as a way of saying, keep your head up. You've got a crown. You're you're a child of the King. Continue on knowing that, you know, I, I've got your back. Don't let your head dip. Don't let that crown fall off. Keep walking loud and proud in my word and doing what you're doing. And, and so that's how I see it. I don't in, in, does that make sense?
1: Uh, yeah, it does. I think it's similar to what he told um, another church where he said, You know, I don't lay on you any other burden, mm-hmm. just keep on doing what you're good, you're doing, you know, hold right. fast to what you have. And I think that's pretty much what he's saying, you know, keep on keeping on, as they say, right? Yeah, faithful definitely. and hold on to what you have because the end is near. You mm-hmm. know, Christ says, I'm coming soon, so uh, you know. I think in a way too, he might just be telling them, just hold on a little while longer, mm-hmm. you know, cause it won't be long before you see me and I bring you your crown, your heavenly reward, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, that's encouraging because it's, it's hard, you know, to stay faithful. It's hard to keep on keeping on to patiently endure like this church and, and not deny the name of Christ, despite everything in the world coming against you, you know? Yeah. But knowing that Christ is coming to bring us pretty much reinforcements, you know, and relief. That is really encouraging, and uh, actually reminds me of a story. Have you heard um, of that uh, Civil War battle, the Battle of Alatuna? I don't believe I have. That almost sounds fake, the Alatuna, like tuna yeah. fish or something, but it's <laughs> real. Uh, it was October fifth, eighteen sixty four. So not gonna eat all tuna. I mean <laughs> Yeah, all <that> <laughs> yeah, right. I haven't heard that before. So. <laughs> uh, but it, it took place uh pretty much right before the war ended, and you talk about a showdown, man. Um basically there was a Union general there, General course, uh, Civil mm-hmm. War people will know who that is, and he was just defending this fort um in in Alatoona, Georgia, as much as he possibly could. Uh a Confederate general, General Hood, he had come against him pretty hard, and I mean, blood was spilled, lives were taken, it was just, it was really awful. Well, right before sunset, right before the end of the day, there was a white flag that one of the generals saw waving miles and miles away, mm-hmm. and behind that white flag was an envoy of armed, armed men, right. and there was a message sent through that group to the people at the fort, to the union soldiers at the fort. And it was from general Sherman, general Sherman, a guy you didn't want to mess with. Mm-hmm. And the message to the union defenders was hold the fort for mm-hmm. I am coming. Yeah. And so Sherman, he was coming to, he was marching to the relief of these uh-huh. beleaguered and faithful defenders. And all they needed to do was just hang on a little bit longer. Yeah. 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 And man, what a, what a picture of, of Christ coming for us, man.
0: Yeah. I think, I think you may have shared that at camp a couple years ago. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I
1: probably did. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like that, yeah. that rang in my ears all of a sudden. I'm like, Oh man, that's powerful. I'm like, I think I've heard him say yeah. that before a long time yeah, ago. A lot
1: of my good stories. Uh, I tried them at camp first, you know, so right. They, yeah. <laughs> they went I trashed them.
0: So, well, and, and I um, like that, that because, when we think about it, you know uh we we've got a God who is for us, and when we're walking in his righteousness, when we're doing what he has called us to do, then no one can stand against us. All we have to do is hold down the fort uh you remember Romans chapter eight uh what what he says uh, oh, uh yeah. what Paul writes and starting in verse twenty one what then shall we say to these things? if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things and who shall bring a charge against God's elect. It's God who justifies who is to condemn. Jesus Christ is the one who died more than that. Who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. And, and, And so man, when I'm in my down moments, where I feel like I I don't have much energy left, I read that
1: yeah, because
0: it reminds me that no matter what's going on around me, that God is in control and he's going to take care of me and that this life is short and then I will be with him for eternity. It may seem like it's dragging on sometimes, but when I experience eternity with him, this won't even be a speck on the timeline of eternity. Right. And so, man, when I, I I go through some things sometimes I'm not a, you know, uh, impervious to pain or anxiety or depression as a pastor. Sometimes people think we're just objects, uh, you know, as, as pastors, but we experience a lot of different things. And, and man, when, when I read that and when I realize that I'm a child of the King I can be in the downest moment of my life and then I can stand up boldly knowing that this too is going to pass, that God is in control and all I've got to do is keep my eye on the prize and finish the race. Yeah. And so that, that gives me encouragement. And and that's what Jesus is really doing for this church is encouraging them yeah, to, to keep right. up and keep going.
1: Yeah. And speaking of the prize, I mean, Talk about a prize he mentions there in verse 12. You know, it talks about being a pillar in the temple. Never shall he go out of it. And I'll write on him the name of my God, the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, and my own new name.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: we don't really have time, I, I don't think, to dive into all that, as awesome as that would be. But if I can just tell you, I think what he's promising these faithful believers and all faithful believers is pretty much just eternal security in heaven. Right. I mean, he says, look, yeah. you're going to be a pillar, a pillar. That's an immovable thing. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, you're going to have a permanent place, just like a pillar in the temple. He said, never shall he go out of it. You're not going to, you're not going to check into heaven and then check out like a hotel. <laughs> you know? right. Once you check in, you can't check out. Right. Um, and then all these new names that he talks about. Well, you know, if you write your name on something, what's that convey? That conveys ownership and yeah. authenticity. Yeah. And you write your name on what you possess and all who truly belong yeah. to Christ will be yeah. certified in heaven as Christ writes these three names on us. Mm-hmm. What, a, what a beautiful picture.
0: Yeah. Think of going to a construction site. I've worked on many construction sites in my time. And if there was a lunchbox with no name on it, Man, it was in danger of getting taken. Right, <laughs> yeah, right, right. But when you saw yeah. a name on a lunchbox, you didn't mess with that lunchbox. It had exactly an yeah. and and you know above all of these, you names might want right here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I will write on him the name of my God. You belong to God. I will write on him the name of the city of my God. That is your citizenship right there. That's where you belong. And no one can take that away from you. Amen.
1: Well, this has been a beautiful study of God's word. And we do pray and hope that all of you, our listeners have been blessed and encouraged and Mm -hmm. that you've been able to take something away from this, that helps you to live faithfully for Jesus 168 hours a week. And we thank you for listening. If you ever have any Bible questions, especially, especially about revelation. There's been a lot of things we haven't answered um, in this series, but if you have any questions, reach out to us on our Facebook page, let us know and we'll answer those in our next episodes, but we're going to go ahead and wrap it up with
0: prayer. And Chris, why don't you pray for us? Well, I think we should let brother Rob pray. Uh,
1: Yeah. 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 Rob, (laughs) go, go ahead. Take it away, man.
0: (laughs) Silence. Yeah. No. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Let's pray guys. All right. Father, I thank you for giving us this time that we can read your word. Uh, I thank you for what it means to us and how it reminds us of who we are in you. I just pray that as we've read this scripture tonight, we can apply it to our lives and live faithfully for you for the next 168 hours. And Father, tonight I just lift up our brother Rob as he's not feeling well. I just pray that you take care of this sickness that he's going through and you get him better so that we can continue to record these episodes for your glory. And Father, I just pray that you give strength, peace, and comfort to all those that are listening to this as they continue to walk in your will. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Faith 168 Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review on whatever streaming platform you are using. If you have a prayer request or have a topic that you would like us to cover, message us on the Faith 168 Podcast Facebook page, and we will see you in 168 hours.